Welcome back to the Project 24 YouTube Podcast. This is episode 18. All right, you know, I love it every time I do that intro because I kind of feel like an announcer. Like I'm like, welcome back. <laughs> I think in an alternate life, I would do... Uh, I would be doing like uh, movie trailers or something. <laughs> anyway, so you heard you heard uh, Nathan there. I'm going to try something a little different today. I wanted to answer several questions in a row from you guys from in the Project 24 community that make for some really good discussion. When I was thinking about this, I thought, who better to bring on here than Nathan? And you know me, I'm Nate. There's <laughs> Nathan. Nathan is an extreme expert, especially on content creation and understanding um, why the audience chooses something over something else. So uh, I'm just super excited to have you yeah, here. Welcome. I'm glad, I'm glad I could be here. I have to admit, ever since we started working together, I, I always felt like we should have a Nate and Nate podcast. Hey, and so I'm glad that I could be on today. See, I didn't even know that. We should, we should rename this the <laughs> Nate and Nathan podcast or the Nate and Nate podcast. There you go. I like that. Okay. So let's dive in. We got some really cool yeah. stuff here. Really good questions. All right. So this first one here, this is from uh, Project 24 member, Uyamak88. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> now, um, if, you're, if you're listening to this, I did already respond to this in this thread, but I wanted to bring it up in the podcast because I thought it was worth a discussion. So here, here's the question. Well, here, here's the point. He says, I very much dislike, that's in all caps, dislike <laughs> watching YouTubers write on whiteboards and flip charts with janky handwriting to explain a concept but it seems like so many, again, in all caps, <laughs> new YouTubers are succeeding with this model of education. Okay, and then the question goes on to say, has anyone else noticed this trend? What are your thoughts? Is this something worth doing as a strategy? And then I think the general feeling is like, are they, are they hacking their way to the top somehow? Like, I don't understand how someone with such bad camera presence editing a presentation with, with no mm -hmm. charisma right. can still be successful. And he cites a channel that's, that uh, he says is doing that. Uh, and so the questions he brings up is, okay, what's going on here? Does the YouTube algorithm trust those types of videos? Is it because they're more visually engaging? Is it because there's a mental cue to the viewer that the speaker is an expert in the matter or is prepared well? Like why are whiteboard style of videos doing so well on YouTube? Yeah, I think this is a really interesting question because this is something we talk about for our channel specifically. Um, on the Income School YouTube channel, we will sometimes do whiteboard or blackboard style YouTube videos. Uh -huh. And I do think that there are a couple elements that was mentioned in this question that do definitely tie in. Uh, the first one I think is maybe the visual cues and just the audience engagement portion. Um, maybe some of you have experienced this, maybe some of you haven't. If you have ever been to like a marketing presentation or <laughs> I'm going to give myself away here a little bit, maybe like an MLM sort of presentation. Uh, I haven't joined any, but I've been to a couple of them. And so, would you ever admit that if you had? Uh, probably not. Uh, so, but they're always on whiteboards. They're always, always sketching stuff up here, giving you the the most important details, the most important numbers, or the flip charts. The right? flip charts. They're all uh -huh. leading you to the solution that they want you to be a part of, or whatever. And I think uh -huh. that that is part of the marketing of the thing. And so, I think there is definitely some interest grabbing part of a whiteboard uh, that people maybe subconsciously are just naturally interested in. Um, is it hacking their way to the top? Does YouTube like it? I guess I don't know that specifically, but as far as just from the viewer point of view, um, I think that there is something attention grabbing about it. Mm -hmm. And that was actually very much along my same uh, lines of thought. And like I said, I already responded to this point mm -hmm. uh, from Uyumac, uh, 88 My take on this is, if, if you were, let's say you were wondering something, you had a question, 
and you were approached by two different people on the sidewalk. <laughs> You're just walking. Mm-hmm. One person just says, hey, I have the answer to your question. And they start just talking versus another person that pulls out a whiteboard right. that's already got some stuff written on there. Which of those, just first take, first impression, which of those would you think would be, uh, would your perception be, uh, is more prepared or has a more complete answer? Yeah, it's the whiteboard guy. Yeah, yeah, you or would gal. think that. Now, now, whether or not that's actually right, true, right. right, we could argue and look <clears throat> at the two sides. It's by the side. show don't tell sort of idea. Exactly. Yeah, and so my take on this is, no, there's not some magical like algorithm hack right. with having that. However... Some of the best performing videos we've done, uh, I've just barely did one on channel makers where I have a blackboard in the background and it's actually in the thumbnail very much intentionally. I show the blackboard in the thumbnail uh, because there's perception. Mm. This is my take on it Uh, because what you do is when you start in a video, you have a question, you're going to YouTube, for example, you start into a video and you see that they've already got some stuff behind them. They've already prepared, you know, like, oh, They've prepared like, mm-hmm. oh, this is cool. There's perception of expertise that to that point, right? But then the other thing is, I don't think a lot of people think about this, but the other perception perception element there is if there's already stuff up there, for example, behind the person, then you already have a sense of what's going to be covered in the mm-hmm. video. And you don't, you, you feel like you can't leave until you've covered all those points right. of what's behind them. Right. Now this doesn't always apply if it's a blank whiteboard behind them when they start, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Or, or a flip chart that's blank. Right. But if it starts out with stuff on there, uh, then it's naturally a, okay, they're going to cover some stuff in this video. And naturally, they're more inclined to spend more time watching mm-hmm. the video, which speaking from an algorithm hacking standpoint, that's higher watch percentage. Yeah. And you mentioned something interesting. It's the having the information up on the whiteboard in the beginning because kind of the devil's advocate in me wanted to say, well, what about editing? You can just throw that in and post, you know, you can add all your titles and all your, you know, screenshots or screen shares. Um, but it is definitely different. There's something different there because it's audience engagement from like second one of the video, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, it's almost an outline of what's going to be shared. And of course, whatever's on the board is going to be the most important, pertinent, you know, whether it's pieces of information, uh, bullet points that you're going to touch on. So yeah, I, I definitely think there is something there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also, I think some conditioning mm-hmm. that we have, like mm-hmm. hey, if someone's got a whiteboard, they're going to teach us something right. <laughs> informative. Yeah. yeah. And, and we get to watch it from the luxury of our own homes rather than being in a boring classroom. Mm-hmm. And I say that, you know, with quotation marks, <laughs> boring classroom, right? But but a lot of times there is conditioning that the whiteboard, the blackboard, that type of thing is like, okay, now I'm going to learn something. Mm-hmm. I'm here to learn something. So yeah, really interesting. Very so interesting as far as stuff. like hacking, hacking the algorithm, I don't think those channels are, I, I don't believe in like the, the term hacking yeah. the algorithm. Yeah. I may use it occasionally just because it's popular vernacular, but but in most cases, it's more a case of what was the intent of the audience? And if the intent of the audience in this case was to learn something and they go to a video and they see, wow, they've, they've got a blackboard behind right. them. They're not just talking at me. I can see why that would lend to a better experience. Yeah. yeah so definitely. in reply to this question, like why, why, the, why are they working so well? It's because they're doing that potentially. And maybe their content actually is good, even though their charisma or their camera presence is not mm-hmm. good. Um, and so if you can make a better video... Go for it. Mm. Oh, yeah. And in fact, if I ever see, uh, if I ever have that feeling, somebody comes to me and says, why is this working so well? It frustrates me because their mm. videos are so bad. I say, good. That's good. Yeah. The, the perception that you could make a better one, that's a really good sign that you should make a better right. one. <laughs> yeah, very good point. 
Yeah. And the other thing is in editing, it does make it easier if you already have the visuals there. You can just clip mm. in, you know, zoom in on those portions. Right. Anything else to add to that? No, I think that was it. Yeah, that, that pretty much summed it all up. Awesome. All right. Next question here. Next pointer from, uh, this is from Project 24 member to go Rome. That's the numeral to go Rome. Okay. And they bring up some interesting stuff. They said the content question based on the new Project 24 YouTube system. So they have a travel channel. Okay. Okay. And in, they said, Nate mentioned in one of the training videos that we should be producing two videos per week and we want to do it right at the right thing to support our growth. Right. Mm -hmm. So their videos are pretty involved to create. Meaning they tend to spend, I'm, I'm reading off okay, here, yeah, they say this, yeah. tend to spend four hours planning and researching, one whole day shooting, and another day editing. Okay. okay. So stretching to two videos a week would be tricky. A lot of work. Yeah. So we're looking to get, now the reason, a quick point here on uh, the two videos a week, and you know this mm -hmm. also, Nathan. Mm -hmm. um, we talk about more lines in the water. Yes. More opportunities to have a video yep. take off. And that's why. That's the, it's not a magical formula, but... In many cases, if you are able to publish more often that are full quality videos, it's usually a better thing. Yeah, the only magic to the formula is two is more than one. <laughs> That's really <laughs> it. Yeah, and it's more opportunities mm -hmm. for that to, yeah. to spread. Yeah, I think you get that. Okay, so the question is, you say before starting Project 24, we're having a whole set of ideas around how we would change up our channel, but since we looked at drafting, it's shaken things up mm -hmm. for them. So the question is, and I'm going to read a bit more into this because we were discussing this briefly mm -hmm. before here. But the question was, okay, in order to produce two videos a week, should I do one video that's a drafted one that's more of a traditional uh, vlog style following the drafting guidelines in Project 24 and then another video a week that's their original ideas, okay? Um, and so the question is, first of all, should I be publishing two a week? Mm -hmm. And then second of all, will this fragment our channel to start doing drafted style of videos as well as what they were already thinking? Okay, this is a really interesting question. Uh -huh. uh, Nate, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I understand about drafting and how we've done drafting is that you're trying to emulate a channel that you want to be like or kind of like have a video similar to what you want to produce. Is that yes. a correct uh, 100%. statement there? Okay, so I guess then if that's the case then for this question, so the channel that they're drafting here sounds like they have slightly different content style than what they're currently doing. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I'm interested to hear, we kind of discussed it a little bit beforehand, but I'm interested to hear like kind of your thoughts there. Mm -hmm. um, what would be your recommendation? Should they draft the same channel, a different channel? Maybe they need to kind of combine video types because I do think it would fragment the audience mm -hmm. if they're going to be creating these two different video types kind of in every other thing. Uh, that doesn't feel quite right. Yeah, and I think that's the the perhaps the thinking here that, maybe I want to kind of lay out mm -hmm, here. Mm -hmm. It seems like the question is around, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, to go Rome, <laughs> if you're <laughs> listening to this. It seems like the question is, so it's more a question of uh, how do I produce the drafted style of videos? Right. And then we can work on the two videos a week. Right. That, that's great. That's another question. But, but more drafted style videos. And the concern is, if I start doing these drafted style videos will that be too different mm -hmm. from what I'm currently doing? Right. Okay. The, the answer is in the question right there, <laughs> right? Uh, the idea of drafting, is, to Nathan's point here, you made a great point there. The idea of drafting is to find other channels that are doing what you are already, what you want to be doing. Right. And so you can piggyback on their success. 
from a variety of reasons. First of all, from learning from them, how they're doing it, what works with their mm -hmm. audience versus doesn't work. But then also from an algorithm standpoint, if you make content similar to theirs and you show clearly to the algorithm, I make content similar to this right. other channel, right. then the algorithm can associate those two audiences. If you do that effectively, your channel will grow much more yes. quickly because that channel that you're drafting, their videos will be suggesting your videos, right. which is powerful. Yes. So if we're thinking of drafted videos as entirely different types of videos from what we're already doing, we might be doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, because if I found a channel that I'm drafting and it feels like, okay, in order to draft, I have to do something in so different from what I'm already doing and thus fragment my audience. Mm -hmm. Can you see where that would be an issue? Yeah, definitely. Well, and I think that there's maybe a way to go about this. So maybe I'm trying to kind of in my mind think, well, why are, why are they drafting this channel? Mm -hmm. or, or maybe it's something that the content that this channel is producing, they hope to produce this kind of content um, or at least have some of the same information or the same style or the same, same feel, point. which yeah. kind of back to my earlier point, maybe there's a way they could combine the video styles that the, what they're already doing, which they sounded more informational um, mm -hmm. with something a little more vloggy, because I don't think that, breaking it off and saying, okay, I'm going to create a informational video behind a desk. And then my next one is going to be vlogging at the grocery store, preparing for my next trip or something mm -hmm. that d just definitely does feel fragmented. But I think that if they want to draft this channel, because this is the kind of content they want to create, then I think that there can be some shifts made, but I think they should be subtle and very calculated. Mm -hmm. I, I agree completely with that. A really good point is if, if the channel you're drafting is one that, you want to shift towards, then I would be asking myself questions like, what are the common threads between right. what I'm currently doing and where right. I want to be going? Because I need to pull those through. And I would go back and re-listen to the mm -hmm. 3.75 mm -hmm. archetypes lesson, uh, as well as just the subscribability elements yeah. of my channel. Why is the audience there? Because yes, if you are thinking of it as now I'm going to do a draft of video and now I'm going to do a video that I previously did and there mm -hmm. isn't an association, mm -hmm. it is going to be fragmented. Right. That's not a good approach. Right. Um, so that'd be the first one. If, if that is the direction you want to take your channel. This, the second part, the second option is if the channel that you are drafting is really different and you're just doing that type of content for the sake of doing the content because you think it'll be successful, it's not necessarily what you want your channel to be, you need to go back to the <laughs> drawing board with yeah. drafting Yeah. Uh, because it's, it's not going to work for you. I mean, it might work, but it will create the wrong type of channel. Mm -hmm. I hope you right. see what I'm, right. what I'm saying there. Yes. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. That's a really good question. Really good question. And I think kind of the one other point, which we didn't address too much, was the two videos a week. Mm -hmm. um, I do think, like we kind of mentioned in the beginning, two videos a week is really important, but they need to be the right videos. Um, and so I would just recommend kind of, I guess, an overall recommendation. Go back, review those lessons, um, see if you need to make some tweaks or changes, and see if the types of videos that you are going to produce could be produced two in a week. Um, it, it sounds like the, the videos are currently making take a lot of time, mm -hmm. um, but maybe with some slight adjustments, maybe those types of videos that you want to create um, could be adjusted to take a little bit less time where you could potentially fit at least one and a half in a week, if not two. 100%. I totally agree with that. All right. This next question here, this is one that I'm sure almost every channel maker has at some point. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go so far as to say all of them, but <laughs> a good amount. And this is, uh, this is from a project 24 member, Ron Nib. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Um, 
And the question is, well, the title is two YouTube channels or focus on just one. <laughs> it's the quintessential. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think probably everyone has. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's either I love my current <laughs> channel, but I want to do something else. Right. Or I'm not so sure about my current channel. Mm-hmm. I want to do something else or just, hey, I want to try something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one of those. Right. So the question is, so they're bringing up, okay, I have a YouTube channel in the law of attraction niche with over a thousand subscribers. I've shot uh, over 160 videos. I feel confident on camera. I can also edit videos quickly. Cool. And also, they're saying in a law of attraction niche, I can earn money via selling coaching and courses. Okay. Now, the question is, I also love music and adventure video games. I'm considering making a, another channel in one of those niches. I'm not sure how these would be monetized other than ads, but is making two channels spreading myself too thin, or should I just be focusing on one channel? I see you're smiling here. <laughs> this is just such a funny question. And, not, and I don't say that in a, in a demeaning way. It's a funny question because I have felt this. I know, Nate, you've probably felt this. Uh-huh. You know, I sit on just the other side of the wall from me every day and I hear him recording pretty much every day. Um, it's a ton of work to run <laughs> a channel. Yelling yeah, I can hear <laughs> on the other side of the wall. With the uh, occasional. <laughs> right. Yes, like and subscribe. <laughs> Boop the like button, you know. And so, but I think that it's a lot of work. And so I would say as a general rule, it seems like one channel is probably enough uh, to keep someone busy. Mm-hmm. However, I think there are some things that you might consider um, if you're going to start a second channel, if you feel like that's something you can handle. Yeah. Yeah. I, yes, totally. And, and that would be my same answer in most cases. So here, here's the considerations I would look at. In most cases, my answer would be do one mm-hmm. until you've got it at the point where you can automate it more. Right. And automation usually means you're making money from mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Usually. Because in order to automate, oftentimes that means hiring an editor right. or mm-hmm. someone to do your thumbnails. It's got to be able to cover its own expenses. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and so usually I would say just do one until mm-hmm. you're at that point. However, in some rare cases, if the one that you're already doing, it'd, it'd be a considerations. It'd, it'd be, I would budget my time. Say, okay, the one that I'm currently doing, time-wise, if it only takes me four hours a week and I have an additional eight mm-hmm. hours a week that mm-hmm. I want to work on something, great. Uh, then I am just fine with that. And in many cases that I would say, yeah. And in this case, if the, if the first channel really is at the point where it doesn't take very much time, then Okay, mm-hmm. feel free to experiment with new stuff. It doesn't sound like from the question that the first channel is making money or very much money right. En- right. enough to automate at this point. Um, but if there is something pulling you towards creating a second channel and you want to have that experience of creating the second channel and just getting out of the the game of whatever the mm-hmm. first one is, I, mm-hmm. I know this feeling very well. I, I will occasionally feel like I just want to create something where I have <laughs> just... Hands on. Maybe right. I'm like test, tasting foods or something. Right. I don't know. Ooh, I, I that, like the sound of that. Yeah, that's a, that's a good <laughs> channel, right? Um, tasting foods and actually, fun fact: uh, Nathan and I. This video will never be published, yeah. but we made a video once where we bought every single. Um, uh, was it freeze dried? Freeze dried, kind of like an MRE style. Uh, MRE food. style, yeah. We bought like yeah. every single one we could find at the store. We <laughs> we cooked them all up, and then we did a massive video of us tasting yep. all of them. Yep. And I guess spoiler alert: some of them. We're pretty bad. And and that's <laughs> probably a good thing. That video will never see the light of day, but it was fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was a good time. Anyway, yeah. So so tangent, I, I feel this sometimes. If you're feeling, if you're listening to this and you're feeling like, man, I'm just so sick of creating this type of content and I have the mental space budget and the time budget right. to do something else, then I'm open to that. I'll allow it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say it that way. Um, the reasons why I would not do it is if, 
uh, you have a shiny object syndrome. Yes. And you're feeling like, nah, I don't know if I want to do this. Oh, new idea. Channel I'm of the month. <laughs> yeah, channel of the month. Start yeah. something new, start something new, yeah. because there really is attraction yeah. element yeah. with it. And you will learn things from one channel, having stuck with it to grow it to a yep. larger size yep. more than you would. You will learn things that you couldn't learn from a brand new channel over and over again. Yep. So there's that. And then the other thing is, um, if you, it, it, if, you genuinely want to do a new channel, you, you might find that the new channel is one that you actually enjoy more mm -hmm. and that could be a beneficial mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, and one other thing that I uh, was kind of thinking about while you were talking, Nate, is that there are so many opportunities, endless opportunities. And if you start a second channel now versus in four months or five months or six months, you know, maybe the industry will change a little bit, but probably not significantly enough to prohibit or inhibit your growth in the future. Um, and when you're just getting started with a channel, kind of going back to one of our previous questions that we talked about, it's the lines in the water. You know, if you have capacity to produce four videos a week, well, what could happen if you produced four videos on a single channel mm -hmm. rather than spreading it across two channels? Yeah. Um, there's just so much value in doubling down and just, you know, kind of destroying the the, the number of videos that you can produce. So that's another consideration that I would take is because, well, if you do have this extra time, what about just doubling down on your current channel? Um, because if it's already growing, if you already have that traction, you could kind of run with it and, and make it grow faster. Absolutely. I, I agree. And so to answer this question, two, two versus one, focus on just one. I think we've kind of, mm -hmm. kind of answered it here. It's, it's something that's gotta be your call. Um, I will say again to, to reiterate that reiterate that point. If the really check the reasons why you want the second channel mm -hmm. is is it because you hate your current channel? <laughs> if it is, then, then maybe you should do a second right. channel, right? Right. Um, but if it's anything else like shiny object syndrome or just yeah. like hey, just want to try something else, yeah. Um, just really consider that before you really go into it because if you've built a channel up to any amount of momentum or publishing regularly, right. you know it's a lot of work. Yep. So, you know that. Budget it, your time and mm -hmm. your focus going mm -hmm. into it. Well, great. All righty. That's what we had. I wanted to say one more plug here for the masterminds that Anna is running. They are going so well. Yes. If you have not, if you're listening to this and you have not yet attended a mastermind uh, with Anna or myself or with Nathan or Ricky, um, then definitely get on that. They are really, really mm -hmm. good. And at, as of recording this, at least, I've got masterminds planned for specific moments mm -hmm. in the new mm -hmm. YouTube system. Yes. And so it'll be really good to just get in and dial in. If you're not able to be there live, then definitely listen to the replays. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I think I also have one on, I think the 14th, I think Anna signed me a YouTube. Yeah. Mastermind. So if anyone wants to sit down and chat about some YouTube with me, I'll be there. Uh, not that Nate, awesome. I mean, obviously I would want to be there for Nate, but, but if you have to choose me, then you can be there. It'll be great. Yes. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Awesome. All right. That is all I had. Yeah, you have any other last No, that's it. Thanks for having me again. Um, I hopefully I'll be able to come back on soon. Yeah, this has been the Nate and Nate podcast. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We will see you guys later.
Project 24 is a product of Income School LLC. Results mentioned are not typical. The trademark Project 24 refers to the goal of some people to create a successful business in 24 months, but it's not a promise or guarantee of that success. Many online businesses fail because, like any business, it requires hard work, skill, and dedication. Before making business decisions, consult financial and legal professionals licensed in your jurisdiction. So in short, the only person who can make your business successful is you. We are simply here to provide information to help you along the way.